what do you do at the moment? I am retired. I mean, that's the sort of that's what you put on forms. I think you, you've been retired nearly all of my adult life. I have been. Yes, you were born in what do we say, eighty one. The miners' strike was in eighty four. So I stopped working effectively in eighty three when the coal board folded. Coal board unit folded. Right. So all of my life, you've not been someone who works. Uh, you've been someone who cares. Um, <laughs> But that's not been the experience of any of my siblings, my older siblings. And it also means that there's a big part of your life I, I don't really know about. I mean, I do know about it because we talk so much and we've covered so much of each other's lives, not just on mic. We do have conversations quite a lot of mic. In fact, we were having conversations long before I even picked up a microphone. I mean, yes. that's one of the things I've always appreciated about you as a father is that we've had this Friendship, I guess. Would that be well, fair to say? Interestingly enough, we've, we've both met that people through that. That like you've met my friends, right? And I've met your friends. That's true. At your university and since and that, you know. Yeah, but I mean that. That said, I think all of your children's friends have become your friends. You've definitely been somebody who's made friends with a lot of people. You're very friendly, right? <laughs> which is weird to me. So I'm not. I'm not quite like. I'm not like that. To a sunless sea. Memories of my dad. Episode 7. Friendship. Part 1. My earliest memory is of walking around a park in Kings Lynn, Norfolk with my father. When we went to the park, we always passed a kind of castle thing that was always locked. But the day I remember really clearly is the day that the castle was open and we could go inside. I don't remember what was inside. I just remember the excitement of this building that was always locked being suddenly open. When I wrote this narration, I didn't know what the park was called. I didn't really remember much about Norfolk. We left there when I was three. But I remember the sensation of surprise and joy that the unlocked castle gave me. I used to work in the big front room at the word processor, and you were in your playpen in the middle of the room, with okay. all sorts of toys. That's what sort of first... Yeah. Uh, I can remember that particular memory of you. You would then have been, you, you, you were walking at 11 months. So this would have been a bit younger than that because you were sort of beginning to walk, but you were staggering around the playpen. Containable. Containable, yeah. yeah. You were quite happy. I mean, it wasn't a sort of cage. It was because you were right behind me and, and it was a lovely big sunny room. I was, it was very good. 
The only other memory I have from that time is playing on the swing that we had on the apple tree in our back garden. But I'm not sure if that's a fake memory based on my brother's memories, or a real one of my own. I know the castle memory is real because my dad remembers it too, or at least he did when his memory still worked. Having spoken to my dad about that period, I know that my dad looked after me most of the time. So pretty much daily, he would take me to the park, sit under a tree, roll himself a joint and watch me play. When I originally wrote this narration, I was the one rolling his joints for him because his fingers didn't bend very easily. It was one of the little things that I did when I went round to his house, opening jars, checking he had firewood and other duties as necessary. You comfortable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. I mean, let let, let me know if you're not, and I'll I'll roll uh, us some cigarettes for yeah. us to smoke while we're talking. Right, if Good. you like. Yes. Do you consent to that, Dad? I do. The most important part of these visits was checking in with him, spending time with him making sure that his quality of life was as good as it could be. Because normally when I, when I spend time with you, it's quite regimented and like, you know, I have to come and see you, so I come and see oh, you. Oh, yeah, that's we, a part of the... Yeah. You know, and it's nice. We catch up. We catch yeah. up all the time. Yeah, but, but I, we well, don't I always like wonder it. whether it is, you know, whether well, no, 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 there, no. there must be days when it would be much more convenient for you well, not you to... you must not. Away. Just don't worry about that. I like seeing you regardless. Yeah, I know. That. It's I my like responsibility on my own part. I feel it. It's, you, know, yeah. you would be the same. You, when I was a kid, you came around, you, you looked after me every day. And what? You, when I was a kid, you looked after me every day. Yeah. You, like, got me from school. You came and got me from yeah. school. Yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah. You, that was a... Would you have said that was a chore? Like, that's no. a, You know, sometimes it wouldn't be convenient for you. You might want to do something else. But you'd still do it. Oh, yes, yes. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, I see what you mean. It comes from the same place, right? That would be the same, yeah. yeah. It comes from the same place. Yeah, of course, there are times when you sort of think with children, oh, yeah, oh, if I didn't have to do this, wouldn't it be great because I can do that? Yeah, of course. But, yeah, that doesn't mean you don't actually like doing it. No, exactly. And I've got other concerns, like I've got work concerns. Yeah, you've got work concerns, precisely. Those are things I have to toss them up. You were retired, I'm not retired. But at the end of the day, I do make those calculations and I do uh, sometimes have to see you less or whatever, whatever it is, right? Yeah. I have to make those calculations. Yeah. But you're, you're, you know, I discuss them with you. Yeah. And so I'm so never hiding anything no, from no, you. Right. Yeah. So you should never think that I'm coming as a chore. It's not a chore. I'm no, coming I because know, I'm coming I, know. I love we you. We like one another. I know that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, it's not just about liking each other. No, right? well, you're not. It's... You know, I'm coming because I love you. I'm coming because I want to see you. Mm-hmm. And we, I like, I like our conversations. Yeah, always well, like I like that conversation. I'm very, yeah. It used to be that we spent my visits having really great conversations. But by the time I wrote this, whilst we were still talking, our conversations were much more limited because of his memory and because of his processing speed. When I was born, he was 58. Back then, smoking weed was a recreational pastime for my dad. At 93, that was still a part of it. But it was also a form of self-medication to make his ailments less painful. I self-medicate with weed too. It helps calm my anxiety and it can help me climb out of a depressed state. 
Like all medication, weed will not work well for everyone. And like with all medication, there can be side effects. One of these is that it can affect your memory, which isn't good for my dad. Another is that it can make you paranoid, which isn't good for me. But by and large, until a week before I originally wrote these words, we had both decided it was worth the trade-off. We have smoked weed together since I was a teenager. I think he started in the 60s. Although it wasn't his generation, the 1960s are kind of my dad's spiritual home and we both like to smoke weed when we write. After a visit to the memory clinic, my dad finally decided to give weed up. His disadvantages currently outweighed what it was giving him. But part of it is, you know, making sure you're okay, and a part of it is making sure that all of the things that need doing are doing, like making sure that the coals through or the, oh, the yeah, and all the things. jars are open yes. or whatever. That stuff's important yeah. too. Like the same thing, like me and you, when you came to pick me up from school, yeah. a big part of walking down the, from North Wales down to our village from Cowes, yeah. a big part of that was having a really nice walk with me, with me and you talking and stuff. But yeah. part of that was looking after me, making sure I was out, out from school, you know. Yeah, and, the, you, and so, we usually had... Um, so the responsibilities and the was, enjoyments, yeah. they, they, they come together, don't they? So what I'm saying is, don't feel like you're imposing on my life. I'm happy. No, I, I'm I, happy. I, I hope I'm uh, not. For no, this no, to I be don't the way feel it is. that I am, no. no. I'd like you not to. Well, I know. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't like the way that things are harder for you now. No, but I'm very happy to be yeah, helping you where I can. Yeah, no, well, I'm most grateful. You know that. Yeah, well, I know. And I'm very, you know, I'm very lucky to have so much feeling from family. If you get to my stage and in my circumstances, and you were in a family where everybody sort of, oh fuck him, you know, he's the old bastard, get him out of bloody work. You know, I mean, I can well, imagine there must be appalling situations. But that goes both ways, you know. You've not been an appalling person. Yeah. If we all like you, yeah, that helps. You would have to be. Uh, yeah. That helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, you, you know, <laughs> it's, if you like somebody, you don't mind doing stuff for them, particularly if they've yeah. done stuff for you, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could say you're lucky, and that's that is true. Well, I am. No, I am. That is lucky. that is true. But I'm you are also consistent support. I mean, but, it's, you know, I've got so many people who. But there are many reasons why you're lucky, and some of them are to do with privilege or whatever. Yeah, but some of them are to do with uh, you being a nice person, and that oh, being something that's helped yeah, you to, yeah. or like not a nice person. I don't really know what that no, means. Not, but yeah. Somebody that people like. Yeah. Let's say that. How about that? If you yeah. want. I showed an early draft of this essay to some friends and they suggested that whether it was true or not, it felt implausible for my dad to be presented so positively. It made them doubt the narrator's credibility. Our relationship seemed too good to be true. In the redraft, I'm trying to put in more criticisms and explore more of the complexities within our relationship. But at the end of the day, it may still sound implausible. Certainly, you shouldn't trust the narrator. I'm writing this in an incredibly emotional place and I come from a family that loves to create mythology. My dad is probably the biggest myth maker of all of us and despite my attempts, I'm sure his romanticism will creep into my words. But 
It's important to keep in mind, for plausibility's sake, that the story of my relationship with my dad is only one part of his life. Crucially, it's only one of the ways that he has been a father. So you've had four children. Yes. Yeah. And I'm one of them. Yes. I am the fourth one. Yes. I'm yeah. the youngest of the your children. Fourth one. Yeah. I have a little sister, but she is my mum's daughter. Yeah, she's not my own. She's not. So and you feel and you feel like all, you feel I'm very feel, close to I'm her. Very yeah. close. To her. Yeah. yeah. I feel very. So I mean, not all children are blood related, but anyway, never mind that part. The because the, the family is complicated enough, Dad. Let's yes. stick on one side of it. Indeed. <laughs> and you're eighty nine. And you have had, I mean, my oldest sister is, I'm not, I, can't, I shouldn't really say her age because she probably wouldn't appreciate that. But I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is you've had four children, but in four different times. I mean, me and Tony, the closest, there's six years between us. Mm-hmm. Six years. So we're almost one generation, you could say. Uh, well, like yes. the yeah. years weren't that different. Like, I was born 81. I guess mid-70s is different from the 80s. But oh, anyway. yes, it is. It is, actually. Yes, because 79, 80. Yeah. But he would... But, I mean, he was three, you know, when... So, wasn't he? 75, 79. Yeah, so it's not... So, they're both, so we're both kids the of the 80s. Of the, yeah. The barrier is not clear anymore. Than it would be no, so we were both children of the 80s, really. Yeah. And 90s. Um, yeah, because that's... So, so that's one generation, but... but my older two sisters, Rebecca and Joanna, there's 10 years between them, isn't there? Um, not quite, I don't think. Yeah, there is pretty well, yes. Because they're pretty like... Near, yeah, much. Yes, there is 10 years. Yeah, it's I think there years. is, yeah. It's it's yeah you know, they're your kids, mm. but I think that I'm Thank right. Uh, so you've had children in lots of different decades in lots of different kinds of moments and with when there's been different attitudes towards childcare, i guess um and when there's been different attitudes towards fathers particularly i guess that's quite significant here so your first child was joe was joe with your first wife how old were you when when joe was born uh, I was 30, yeah. 30, so one year younger than I currently am. Well, I'm nearly 32. The context of my childhood has been very different from the context of my siblings' childhoods. For example, I was the only one whose birth he was present for. So the standard questions that I ask just to start with yeah. is how I met the person, but obviously, I guess the, when I was born was when you met me. Yes, that's, I did actually meet you when you were born, because I was present. When he first became a father, you didn't let husbands in. They were expected to be outside, being irresponsible. And my dad definitely, in many ways, fulfilled that role. Amazing. I can't remember it. I can't describe it. But I was sort of... I was sort of puzzled, you know. It was a strange feeling because, you know, it was the first child and I didn't know what, you know, having children was like, then I used to go down and go around the corner. There was a guards pub in the mews and, and drink there every night. Go home, come back next day. Because she must have been in for a few days. Because, I mean, she wasn't in intensive care or anything. But I think anyway, you were kept in longer in those days. That's another thing. You know, I think 
I think I could be wrong about this, but I, I think you may have had to sort of stay in a week, you know, autom- automatically. I don't know. While he was retired for most of my life, for the rest of my siblings, he was someone who went out to work. And what was the second child like? Having a second child was it easier? Well, again, it was shit. You know, I don't didn't sort of feel that it. it, it, it I never thought children were difficult. Anyway, I mean, you know. You enjoy children. Yeah, I enjoy children. I mean, I did, it, and and you know, if a mother does too, and the mother is sort of capable and competent about you know looking after them, I mean, you don't sort of think about it. You don't think you know. She was in a different place. It was the South London Hospital for Women in Clapham Common, the corner of Clapham Common. And it was a long stay again. Yeah, next to the Nightingale Pub. <laughs> Oh, so we can chart your children <laughs> by the pubs that you drank in when they, when they were being born. He was active in all of our childhoods. He changed all of our nappies. But that doesn't make every version of him as a father one where he was really progressive. I knew him only after he had split up with my mum. My siblings experienced his divorces. But it seemed like you had a much more kind of conventional setup. In uh, in with your first two children, it was much more like fathers. You you get the fun bit, I guess. Like you're doing the fun bit and enjoying that, but it's the the, the mother's job to kind of look after the children. Yeah, and then by this, day, well, she would look after them in the day, yeah. you know, because she wasn't at work anyway. So but this is partly to do with it, you know. So she was a home mother. Yeah, I mean, June, you know, June was actually working. But this is to do partly to do, I think, with the decades that the children were yeah. born in. There, surely, yeah. I mean, it's like by the time you met my mum, and there was some overlap between the two marriages. Yeah. Um, well, by the time you met my mum, uh, the world had changed, and it was, it was the, well, it was the sixties, yeah? yeah, the early sixties. It was changing. It was the early sixties. It was only a couple of years yeah. after you'd had your second child, mm. uh, and, and I guess, I mean, that was a new experience. For you, because you with Joe, you'd been a father in the house all the time. With, with Re- Rebecca, it was suddenly that situation of the two houses. How do you mean? Well, oh, when I moved yeah, out, yeah, you moved yes. out with Mum. When Rebecca was little, yeah. Rebecca was little. Mm. You saw her. How often did you see her then? Well, at the beginning, it was very tricky because Sheila wouldn't let her come over to see us as pet. You know, she wouldn't let her come in. But then I started going. I used to meet her and take her out somewhere. Yeah, to the Natural History Museum and Very, stuff like that. To the Science Museum. Okay. Very often the Science Museum. She liked the Science Museum. And I did too. And it was full of actually... I was always convinced it was full of fathers with their children. And there were a lot of... You know, it was one of the places that weekend father... Free. ...takes the kid. Yeah, it's free to go to. Yeah, I don't think I was alone. I used to get annoyed by people who said they were best friends with their parents. But as time has gone on... I've come to realise that my sneering was just jealousy. I have a complicated relationship with my mother and I resented people who had something simpler with theirs. Maybe part of my change in attitude around this comes from realising that I could be described as being best friends with my dad. To get better acquainted with you, I have to get into deep things because we know each other so well yes. that the only real way to get... Because we have these kind of conversations so often. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, these two conversations that we've recorded today have been kind of the result of a lot of other conversations that we've had, that we've had so many really in-depth conversations. Like, it's one of the ways I'm privileged to know you because of the fact that we've had really in-depth conversations as adults. And that's that's really lucky. And that's uh, sadly something that you didn't get to have with your dad. And I guess that's what you... It is, very much. Yes, that is your greatest regret of my life, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, it didn't take place. It's not a place of having lost them. They, they, they were, you know. Anyway. No, and that is a sad yeah. thing. Well, that's it. <coughs> yeah. But, I mean, I'm glad I got it to have it with you. Well, I'm very glad I had it with you. Because one of the things I know that we're lucky about is that we're friends. Yes. Like that yes, isn't, I, I don't know if I'm yeah. friends with mum. We, we we have a complicated relationship. You know, maybe she's a friend, but it's complicated. So I know what it's like on the other side. I know what yeah. it's like when you've got a complicated relationship with somebody. And I know a lot of people who've got complicated relationships with their fathers. And I know a lot of people who've got complicated relationships with both parents or no relationship with either parent because they can't even go near them. Not everybody has the opportunity that I have had to get to know someone as for as long as I have done. Like you yourself, your father died. I don't like the idea of friendship having a hierarchy, so I still feel squicky about the idea that my dad is my best friend. But I can definitely say that he's my oldest friend, both in terms of the length of our relationship and in terms of his literal age. But, I, yeah, I spent more with the boys, I suppose, in my first marriage. More actual time. I mean, I, I don't think my behaviour was the same. I mean, I just like kids, which is very strange because I never wanted them. I never actively wanted them. You know, some men, I mean, I know, you know, some men get married and say, well, well, let's, we want six kids. Yeah. You know? God, yeah, yeah. I never had, I was totally neutral. I was totally in the hands of a woman. Like, if she wants to have a baby, okay, I'll go along with it, even though it may alter my life and I know all that. But, I mean, it's something yeah. good to do. And that's how it was. Well, in both cases, really. I never, I never initiated it as a kind of, let's do this but I totally accepted it and you loved all your kids when and they I came along and I loved the kids you know? yeah which is yeah which I think is lucky I'm well, going to say which is a weird thing for us for all of us because yeah. not all parents love their children and that's something that people oh, that don't is, mention I know that is hard and not all children love their parents no that's not yeah and I think that in that respect the family's done all right. We're, yeah. we're quite lucky in that respect. Yeah, crazy, but all right. Very complicated, <laughs> yes. lots of drama. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I don't think that the love is uncomplicated in every in every direction. No, no, like no. Like some but relationships it's... within the family, it's complicated love, but it's still... Yeah. It is still, still love. Feel, yeah. Everyone still I feels agree. something I for agree. everyone else, I think. Yeah. I think. You can't speak for everybody else. It's very strange because, I mean, really, my children have been my life. I mean, you know, you lot have been sort of all of you. I mean, you mean, and I was very close to you when you once you were born. But I never had this sort of thing. I want to have. I want to be a father. You know, I want to have a child. I, 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 I never regretted it too. I mean, I was just, you know, yeah, okay. And of course, the first one, you know, then what, you, you see why, you know, what, what, what. 
having children is like. When my dad is with young children, he treats them in a way that I think is remarkably rare. He asks them questions and really listens to their answers. He is interested in what they have to say. What's today? It's Sunday, isn't it? He treats them like they're equals. No, it's not Sunday, the 10th of October. But it's in Fairyland. Is it? At the same time as making sure they are safe. Today was Sunday, the 31st of January, 1988. But you say it's what? October is the birthday affair. Tell me more about the birthday. If he has to set boundaries, he explains to them why. He involves them in the conversation. Or at least, he did back when he was himself. Then I had this brief year, this two-year training course for becoming a teacher and two-term teaching, and I gave up this teaching, which I was fed up with for all sorts of reasons. Right. Uh, and went back into the cohort film in it. You were a primary school teacher, yeah? Yeah. He was a primary school teacher for a brief time in between his documentary filmmaking before he left due to falling out with the way he was expected to teach. He remembers the children he taught then with great love, or at least he did, before his mind put them out of his memory's reach. He still gets excited about his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren and other children who he feels like a grandparent too. He told me back when I was first writing this that he loved to see babies even more than he used to. I am on the way out, they are on the way in. And sometimes it feels like we can meet in the middle. We are having a party. This is a party. Is it? Yes. And all my friends come to the party. I see. The lion and the bear. Yeah. And the dinosaur and the pig. And the pig. Yeah. And the cow. And the wolf. And the crocodile. And the baby. He's always been interested in people and is always making new friends. He's had four children over a big chunk of time and our friends have all become his friends. He isn't an old person who has been isolated within his generation. He has people who love him spanning his 95 years. When I see my friends, they always ask after him. His funeral will be very well attended. He joined my band, Apples for Everyone, as our official videographer when he was in his 80s and I was in my 20s. He came to all our gigs and filmed us. The band performed at his 85th birthday. When my partner and I set up a play reading group, he came every month to read plays with a group of people in their 30s. I've made him part of all of my friendship groups, which I think will make it more painful for me when he dies. Every part of my life will remind me of him.
narration he was seeing people less partly because he was less mobile and partly because people's lives made it harder for them to see him but also he was no longer low maintenance for most of his life he has had a pretty light touch on the world but now he has needs in many ways he can't be the person he used to be he can't really hear people when he's at gatherings or parties he can't always remember the things that are being talked about. but now he sits there unable to follow the conversations alone surrounded by people he did still see many of his friends though every so often he traveled across london to meet with a friend who he went to school with he loved to have people over he may have found it harder to connect but it still brought him joy to see people you've always had this knack i think and you have it with kids now of just treating kids like equals um and i think that's that so that very quickly <laughs> moved you out of a mythical state and into a direct human being i know and talk to and relate to in a, a, a you know personal way you've always kind of i remember having you know conversations with you about god and conversations <laughs> with you about death and all of these things growing up and you'd always just be like right yeah let's talk about that a tape for david begun on Sunday the 10th of January 1988 to commemorate Rosemary's birth. The House Brownie. Once upon a time, a little brother and sister lived with their parents in a cottage on the moors. They were poor, but they had warm... Dad used to record himself reading stories on cassette tape for the children in the family, and often he would offer the children the mic too. Some years ago, he converted the cassettes to digital and gave them to me. When I listen to them, I'm transported to the various beds I slept in during my childhood. In a few of the tapes, he gives me and my brother the space to create stories, songs and performances. The earliest tapes are from 1984, when I was three years old. They are really great examples of how he was with young children. And I guess they are recordings of some of the first times that I created stories. I don't remember us recording them. I heard them for the first time when I was 30. When I say my dad is my oldest friend, I mean he was the first person I ever shared mutual respect and interest with. In those recordings, you can hear the start of that friendship. The early days of that friendship 
forming. What shall I say to him? Oh dear. Oh dear, Mr. Lyon. I'm sorry about your telephone. You want to speak to David Robert? Just a moment, hold on. Who wants to speak to you? I don't want to speak to him. He doesn't want to speak to you, Mr. Lyon. Yes, I'm sorry about that, yes. There's something somebody ringing you up. Perhaps if you... Oh, oh, sorry, there's something cutting in, Mr. Lyon. Who is it? Hello? It's Mr. Snake. Oh, Mr. Snake. And, and, and Mr. Tadpole. Mr. Snake and Mr. Tadpole. And Mr. Fog. And Mr. Fog. Do you want to speak to David? Yes, I want to speak to you. I don't want to speak to them. Frankie right, doesn't want to speak to you. Is he ringing back? They get to ring back. You Here down to a sunless sea on the Getting Better Acquainted podcast feed or on its own dedicated feed. Both should be available anywhere that you get your podcasts. You can find Down to a Sunless Sea Memories of My Dad on Facebook. It's on Twitter at SunlessPod. You can email the show at down to a sunless pod at gmail.com. The episodes and the show notes are all collected together at downtoasunlesspod.com And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at GooseFact101 The artwork for this show was designed by my brother Tony Pickering For more art by Tony, go to pick-art.co.uk If you go to podcastviews.com, then there's a survey there that I'd really appreciate you filling in. It only takes a few minutes, and if you do it, you can be entered into a prize draw for a £50 Amazon voucher. This survey was created by the British Podcast Awards and the Wellcome Trust so that they can get an idea of the impact that their funding has had. And if you are filling out that survey, down to a sunless sea, counts as getting better acquainted because getting better acquainted is the podcast that it evolved out of and that it's produced by well, is there anything you want to say to sum up this conversation no you don't usually ask that question <laughs> no I don't <laughs> I guess it's been about where you're at now yeah maybe this whole conversation has really been the answer to the normal question that I ask people which is what do you do now what you do now is you are an old person and you are a father and you're a father that's loved by by all of their children which is that's actually that is an achievement like that is an achievement it's hard to do that like it's hard to do that it's hard to have a good relationship with your child it's hard to have a good relationship yeah but it's yeah and that's that's luck yeah it's luck
But I'm so lucky. It's also about who you are, you know. Oh, maybe you know. It is. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just fear. My feeling is that I'm so very, very lucky. Really lucky. Well, I'm lucky too. You want to speak? To, he wants to speak to you, David. I want to speak to him. Yeah. Thank you. Find that. Pick it up and answer. I made the king's name. How do you know that? Because you haven't picked it up. You don't know who it is. He doesn't want to speak to me. Well, how do you know who it is? It's Tommy the Snake. How do you know? Because you haven't picked it up to listen. You want to speak to David? Well, David doesn't seem to want to speak to anybody this afternoon. I'm sorry. Bye-bye.